Welcome back to season six of Flop Stars, the podcast where we dissect albums that are close to our hearts but may not have flown up the charts. I'm very sad to say this is our final full album of 2022, but we've reserved a banger for this one. Not bangers, <laughs> the album that came following, which is Miley Cyrus and her dead pets, a bonkers, spontaneous record dropped in 2015 unloaded on fans for free it's gonna be quite a journey going into this one and as always i have nick kelly here to join me on that journey how are you i'm so glad we've saved the most seminal classic to last (laughs) because this is going to be quite an adventure to go through good to be here it's been a great season um we did bangers from memory bangers was like our second episode wasn't it it was very early on in the flop we didn't do bangers we did um the shit album in the first season, I think. Hey, I um, told you it was, younger I thought now. it was good. Younger now. I thought it was good, remember? It's terrible. Malibu, best song of all time. Malibu is shit. It's shit. Even compared well, to some to of the start. rubbish she serves up on this album, it's it's worse. <laughs> well, maybe that's the first question. Rubbish or genius? A bit of both. Column A, column B. Cool. This yeah, is I like that. An hour and 30 minutes of nonsense in the best way. She, This is a train of thought album with very little editing. And that means that you get some glorious moments of genius and you get some <laughs> moments that are quite um, verging on unlistenable, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I think that's very reasonable and fair. Let's talk about the fruition of this album and when it came out, because I still distinctly remember being, I think I was at my nan's house at this point, watching the VMAs, and at the very end, she just announces Miley Cyrus and her dead pets out now. What was the platform they put it on to download for free? Was it just MP3s or was it on SoundCloud or something? Maybe it was just on her website because it wasn't able to chart, so I don't even think it went on to streaming immediately. Right, yeah, that makes sense. I remember it was just a, it was just a moment, and then everyone started dissecting this immediately with, you know, possibly an album that's actually quite impossible to dissect. I mean, the question is: is there any deeper meaning to this? You know, was there was there any actual sort of like processing of life that happened? Because I suppose we need to talk about where this happened in the Miley Cyrus journey, because this really came out after the most you know, monumental time in Miley's life where she was the subject of so much criticism and a lot of it unfounded, a lot of it based in misogyny and a lot of it based in sort of not understanding the growth and maturity of a child star becoming an adult finally after, after such a monumental career. For, for such a young person um, to then come out and sort of strip everything bare, literally and metaphorically, and go, I have arrived, I am an adult now. This came yeah. after that era. Yeah, I'm, I was thinking about this a lot today because Miley Cyrus releases so consistently that you kind of understand where she is at each point. Like we had the mm. Hannah Montana thing, then we had the I Can't Be Tamed growing up, young adulthood, Then we had Banger's era, which was like her main pop girl era, um, showing that she's grown. And then I'm wondering if you didn't have this album in between Banger's and Younger Now, what that would do to the narrative. Because to me, it doesn't make sense. This feels like the peak of her exploration with drugs and with freedom and um, with liberation from a relationship that I feel like it makes complete sense that after this album, she was like, too much. Let's revert to the younger now. Thing. Let's literally and do she was the back exact with, opposite. Um, boring Liam for younger now. She wasn't with him for Miley and her boring dead pets. Liam. So I feel like it's an essential part of Miley's trajectory. And I think it's an important part to understand Miley as an artist, which is that. She's always done what she wants to do. The music has always been at the forefront. The business decisions have always been second because yeah. Bangers, I would say she was the most interesting pop star on earth at that point. Collecting headlines left, right and centre. 
So to go from the top of the perch and be like, you know what, fuck it. I love what I've made. I'm just going to drop it now is an absolutely bonkers and ballsy decision that I don't think any other major pop star would have done at that point. There's no way Taylor Swift was surprised dropping anything at that point. It took her another five years to get to folklore, evermore vibe. I just think it's crazy that she did this. I still think it's crazy. I think this album is such a... It's almost not worth critical analysis. It's almost not worth diving into the actual context of the songs because it just feels like an album that needed to happen. This feels like a moment that needed to happen for Miley to make sense of everything, you know, and to almost lean in to what everyone thought. Everyone thought she was insane. Everyone thought she was wild and weird. And we get this in droves on this album and, and it, it was an absolutely necessary step of liberation and freedom to show exactly what she wanted to do. And it's complete freedom. This album was not funded by the record label. This is a totally personally invested album. This yeah. is her doing everything she wants on her terms because for so long, men in the music industry in particular have tried to control the narrative of her and men in the media industry tried to control the narrative of who she was. Yeah. And so this is her going exactly what she wants to do and taking it to a level that's almost inc- not able to be understood yeah. by mere mortals. And she <laughs> says they'd never seen someone, they being the record label, they'd never seen someone at my level, especially a woman, have this much freedom. I literally can do whatever I want. It's insane. And that sounds <laughs> a little lame now because we've seen the Billies and the Taylors and the Rihannas of the world and the Beyonce's do their insane projects and and kind of explore creatively whatever they want to do but this was 2015 and that was not happening it was a very different world for pop stars the pop stars were still polished era packaged pop stars the idea of doing an album that was not pop and was in a total left genre was like not not even capable of processing you know whereas i listen to this today and i'm like I can totally see this happening by any, like, pop star today. Yeah. I think there have been multiple... It's funny. I think I said this when we talked about Younger Now. There have been multiple times where I think Miley has actually trailblazed something quite special and trailblazed a real moment for for other pop stars to come afterwards. And I think, you know, even her going into Younger Now was sort of the premonition of what ended up being, you know, Lord Solar Power and then the you know, early elements of the new Carly Rae Jepsen record. You know, you hear... I know you don't like that album. Yeah. And I know, you know, the well, quality might you can be a trailblazer with fault, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and look, and often to be a trailblazer and to set up that path for someone to come in and actually do it slightly more cohesively, you've got to fuck it up. And you've got to give someone you know, a, a path to fix and a path to sort of do a little bit tighter. But I think I think something like A Younger Now was the start of that sort of wistful, beachy pop, you know, era for a lot of pop stars. And this album kind of does the same thing in that, you know, if any of those mainstream pop stars want to go and do something very, very strange, they kind of can now. You know, Dead Pets sort of allow them like, to. Allow us to understand where you are at a point in your life. Like... Let us into that if you want to, because I feel like I understand, as I said, where Miley's been in each of the eras. Over the last two years, I've become a Taylor Swift fan because I feel like I understand where she is at that point in her life, and I'm invested in that now. Lord, however, I think had an issue with solar power because she'd gone away for four years and and then suddenly came out with this album that was remarkably different to melodrama, and people were like, whoa, I'm not like... This trajectory doesn't make sense to me. So I think there's something to be said for releasing an imperfect album that really reflects where you were at that time. And that's why I applaud this. And you know what? I think we're talking about this like it's the music is not essential at all. But I actually think there's at least a great 12 track album in this within this thing. Like some of her best, most earnest work, I think. Yeah, I I actually really agree with you. And it was kind of, um, 
I think my early listening and, and look, I, I gave this one listen and then a few of the songs a second listen back in 2015. Yeah. But going back on this, I'm like, there was some subject matter here that we probably needed to have more of a conversation about and that we that was actually quite groundbreaking for her that she yeah, hasn't it was really written explored. Off as like drug induced. But only last week we did the Casey Musgraves record heavily influenced by psychedelics and took her point of view on everything very seriously. But this was not taken seriously at the time. And yes, it's very. there are points of it that's very silly, but there are points of it that are incredibly introspective and very sad. Like I actually found listening back to the album this week quite a, quite sad. Yeah, it, it definitely isn't the sort of like fun and giggles that it sort of, you know, comes across as on the surface. No. I want to talk about that psychedelics thing a little bit more because... I think there's an interesting conversation we had about how psychedelics in the sixties and seventies for music for, you know, I think the Beatles were, were very much, um, you know, the music was celebrated for the use of psychedelics and it was celebrated for, you know, tapping into that extra layer of consciousness that psychedelics allow for, for some artists. And, you know, I'm not saying psychedelic, go and do psychedelics so you can, yeah, well, now it's probably thing. a good time to announce that as a form of method acting, we have both taken LSD <laughs> for today's episode. <laughs> it's a little tab. It's a little tab and it's starting to sink in because we want it to be on her level. You can't dissect an album unless you're on the level of the artist. Totally, totally. It's method acting. You're so right. It's method acting. In the 60s and 70s, you know, it was it was almost celebrated. It was taboo to a lot of people, but it was ce- the more we talk about those records that were were affected by drugs, it was celebrated for them because it, it allowed to tap into a level of musicality that and a level of consciousness that you can't sober. But I think when we, when it gets to Miley in the 2010s and we talk about her psychedelic use, it's almost seen as a problem because. Yeah we've decided that Miley is, has a problem and is a problem and that she's been the problem child of, of pop music for, for so long and she's been spiralling for so long when really it's just been her being her, you know, most creative self. And I think it, it's so interesting thinking about the way that Miley's psychedelic use was thought about and sort of brought down yeah. when psychedelic use in music in, in the past has been celebrated. It was a completely different conversation. Because they loved the child star gone wild narrative. And they and were they trying to fit then. that to Miley. They were trying yeah. so hard to fit it. And it never worked at any Not- point. She never flew off the rails. Sure, she made bad decisions. But I think she was very much in control like most of this one, not that this album <laughs> screams control, but <laughs> no, it doesn't scream. It doesn't scream considered but it's and controlled. Fine. Like she's a, she was a kid, you know. Like she's exploring shit, and she's not hurting anybody in the process. She's certainly not making like drink driving headlines or anything like that. She's in a studio with bloody Wayne Coyne from the Flaming Lips doing a few mushrooms and <laughs> writing about yeah. a pet fish. <laughs> exactly. It's it's a fascinating chapter in her career and you know seven years on thinking about Miley you know everything is so much more reasonable when we think about Miley in 2022 everything's so much more considered and I think the way that she handled and managed the perception and her image from the from this point onwards it's almost like she had to explode with this record yeah and go 100% what everyone wanted her to be yeah, And also get out some of that emotion at that point as well, that she hadn't been able to sort of, you know, p- purvey through the wildness of the, of the previous few years. She had to get it all out in this one album and then start resetting and rebuilding to a point where the respect was back again. Be like, um, okay, which, you want good girl Miley? I'll give it to you. It's as dry as an arrowroot biscuit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's very, very fascinating. Let's talk about the dead pets. Um, title because this is this came from like her her dog died right her dog died yeah so her dog Floyd died while she was on the bangers tour and when she returned home from tour she visited a Chinese healer um, who sent her into a state where her dog was lifted out of her lungs and placed on her shoulder Um, at that point she petted Floyd the dog for three hours until finally telling his spirit to let go. 
Um, and then she wow. thought at the time that his energy went into Wayne from the Flaming Wow, Lips, who worked on the oh, show with her. That's a huge call. So obviously, that's a massive the, call. The pets have influenced this whole um, yeah. thing, and I guess this is a lot about. I don't know. To me, listening back to it today, I was like, I feel like this is kind of a declaration of loss and loneliness and how you cope with that more than Mm. anything. And I think that's something, there's something really nice about the journey she goes through in this album in coping with grief and finding a companion in the flaming lips as well. And obviously exploring musically, it's all these ways of like getting over grief which I think is a point that was just totally lost on everybody when it came out because they wanted the wild child narrative. I think after the crazy few years that she'd had as a pop star as well, she probably was a little bit lonely, especially in the music community too. Yeah. You know, at least from a personal perspective, there would have been a lot of loneliness kind of seeping through. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that, but it would have been a really lonely time for her. So the liberation from that loneliness is very special. And that's cool to reflect on something like that in real time on an album like this. I mean, like Mm. even Wayne Coyne said that there were moments where he was like, let's flesh this out a little more. If we spend a few more months on this, we could really like get somewhere with it. And she'd be like, nah, I want it out now. It's done. Done. Get it done. I like that. Which is great. I like that. And that's the vibe the album album gives from start to finish. And that's control of the narrative, isn't it? That's her controlling how she wants it all done. Totally. You know, not, not letting other people dictate it. Um, shall we play a song game and dive into a couple of these songs a little bit deeper? Let's do it. Flop stars. I thought a lot about what I could put this up against. I wanted to put Miley <laughs> up against songs about dead pets, but I couldn't think of many. Um, I wanted to put it up against great <laughs> drug records, but I couldn't think of many. So I just thought, let's put Miley Cyrus, this album, as the outlier in her discography against songs by Miley's very alive self. So this is I love Miley this. Cyrus versus her alive self. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is the lead single, if there was one, off the album, Do It. Versus Can't Be Tamed. I tried with Do It. I tried to understand it again. Yeah. And I don't understand it again. And I don't like it. It makes me feel very <laughs> yes, discomforted. It makes me feel very uncomfortable. That said, Can't Be Tamed, I felt like, was an important moment in her discography and in her life at that point. And this was really the first declaration that she was an adult now. But I feel like it, 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 it is a little bit tacky. And I think she's done it better with things yeah. like We Can't Stop. You know, she's, she's sort of conveyed it in a slightly more, um, you know, savvy manner since and i think it's a little bit shit it's a little bit (laughs) too disney for me it feels like a selena song it probably was pitched as a selena song um so i'm actually gonna go just for the experimentation i'm actually gonna go do it wow okay yeah can't be tamed has aged terribly the production is so of the time but she does like a rocked up version now in her rock dog sets that sounds a lot better um, That's fun. And it kind of fits her her era that she's in right now. Do it, I agree. Never got it. Um, today I had a little bit of a breakthrough with it because I didn't realise that it has a little bit of a climax and melody shift towards the M, which I kind of enjoyed. Um, I love that it takes many, many listens to get to that and to realise that that exists. Yeah, it only took seven years. <laughs> um, so I'm also going to go with... Uh, no, I'm going to go with Can't Be Tamed for this one. Okay. Okay. I respectfully disagree, but I but I get it. Yeah, get it because it's just it's not much in there. Is it? <laughs> next one is. Is there, a, is there an air raid siren going on? Is World War yeah, Three starting? Yeah, we live next to a um, fire station. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so that, there's a is lot that of noise alarm going te- on constantly here. Is when- that the fire? Is that the truck, or is that the alarm that tells them there's a fire and they have to go down this chute? Oh. I don't know. I'd have to down go the pole. And ask them, wouldn't I? <laughs> just wondering. Are you? are you heading out, or was that just? 
heading out or coming in? Because <laughs> I'm actually recording a podcast on Miley Cyrus's seminal dead pets record. Um, <laughs> so, so I'd appreciate just keep it down. if you could leave the cat in the tree a little longer. <laughs> we could do this weekly. That'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> Cheers. Second Next song game, one. please. <laughs> BB Talk. I have no idea what the fuck I want, I guess. Versus Party in the USA. Oh, a new party in the USA is going to come up at some point. Um, wow, what a tough one. Because BB Talk, I definitely think, is one of my favourite songs on this album. Yeah, um, totally. It actually has some kind of structure and enjoyment to it. Um, <laughs> party in the USA, though, I mean, that is a an early Miley song that has absolutely stood the test of time. And I really think it's objectively a perfect pop song. Um, yeah. And I, I think that... You know, artist references in a song are always really interesting, but the way that she did the the Jay-Z song was on bit. Um, you know, I think it's got one of the best bridges in a pop song of that era as well. I just think it's a brilliant, brilliant song, and it's so Miley. It's just, like, as so Miley, Miley as it possibly gets. It, like, felt a little bit Hannah Montana still as well, um, but it's it's really kind of 15 years on. It's like, yeah, this still fucking goes. So I'm going to go party in the USA. Yeah, I Party in the USA is just kind of one of those songs that's going to live forever. Like it's on 4th of July yeah. here. That's the song that tops the streaming charts every year. Like yes. it's just so American um, and has become almost bigger than Miley herself. But yeah. BB Talk was the song I first gravitated to off this record because it is so unhinged and I just love the shit that she talks in the verses, but then somehow pulls it together for like this enjoyable chorus. And I think it's the most charismatic song she's ever done. And when I think about what I would listen to by myself, I would go back to BB talk, baby talk more than I ever would party in the USA. I would never listen to party in the USA by myself. Cause I think it's, it's kind of annoyed me at this point. I only wouldn't listen to it because I work in commercial radio and we still yeah. play it like daily. Um, but I get you. And I think there's more to be sort of like, you know, dissected and understood about BB Talk. Yeah. More interesting. I'm more interested by it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to go with that. Okay. So you. we're both one for Miley at this point. The final, uh, not the final one. The third one is Karen, Don't Be Sad. Versus Wrecking Ball. I'm assuming this was before the Karen name was demonised. Yeah. Yeah, this was in a good era for Karen. Well, you know, an, an acceptable era for Karen. Yeah. Um, I... Karen Don't Be Sad got me. Like, I, I, I didn't realise how deeply, you know, emotional this one is. For some reason, I attribute this song to you, and I don't know why. I can't remember Why? if it's because you told me you liked it once or like I had something just, I don't know. There was an energy there's something, coming There's a connection. This. Yeah. Maybe or it's because it you're I'm a Karen s- and you're a Sook. And I'm sad. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I thought. It's very, it's very me. Um, yeah, but it did get me and that might be it. It might just make a bigger me song. It yeah. really did get me. But, but Wrecking Ball is a genius pop song and it was like, you know, I, I don't know if it ever got bigger for Miley. I don't know if it ever nah. got more earth shattering. And the genius of the video and the genius of, like, the iconography of Wrecking Ball is in the mainstream zeitgeist forever. So and it cool. is in everyone's minds forever. The so imagery cool. is so paramount in her career. I'm, I'm using the weirdest words today in completely incorrect context, but I'm going to go with it. It's um, fine. It was just it's such the a mushrooms. Fucking... The LSD. <laughs> it's finally kicking in because it's fucking taken a while. Um, yeah, I, I think I think Wrecking Ball's just, you know, it, it really epitomises, you know, that era for Miley and really epitomises Miley, I think. You know, knocking down yeah. all of the mis- all of the misconceptions or, or, you know, real conceptions of who she is. So it's going to have to be Wrecking Ball for me. But Karen Don't Be Sad is a really strong song. Yeah, Karen Don't Be Sad is, su- like you said, such a beautiful moment on the album. And coming, I think it comes straight after Do It. And you're like, yeah. okay, I feel a little bit more centred now. And I love yeah. how she uses just that slight vocal distortion, like a little pitch up. So she almost sounds like she's taking a quick hit of helium. 
and it just adds this like emotional depth to it yeah it, it really hits me as well that song but as you said wrecking ball for me one of the best pop ballads of the last i mean of the millennium i would say i just think it's an absolute juggernaut of a song and yeah. that bridge at the end like i never meant to start a war i just wanted you to let me in. like i it's just so good and i it doesn't get the attention it deserves i don't think no it's it's a it's, brilliant brilliant song so i'm going with it's still so ball. moving isn't it it's still so yeah but like, you usually don't about get it. that from from a big kind of pop ballad you know it usually stops short of being exceptionally moving unless it's like Adele but um this one yeah just just takes it over the top you know what it probably is with Miley that I think you know I I think about other contemporaries I think about the Taylors I think about the um I, I think I'm just thinking about the Taylors um you Miley did moments better than most other pop stars of the last 10, 15 years. Totally. Moments that people spoke about, moments that people dissected, moments that stopped people in their tracks. Yeah. She did them better. Adele's probably on that level as well, but they stand alone, I think, those two, at the top of the pop stars who did moments amazingly. Yeah. The, the consistency was there for other pop stars. The 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 sensible rollouts, the strong songs were there for the other pop stars. But yeah. the moments that almost usurped everything else they'd put out in that era, you yeah. know, those two do it better than most. Totally. totally. I totally agree. Did I say I'm going with Wrecking Ball? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think we got the vibe. <laughs> got the gist. Final one is Space Boots. Versus slide away. Space Boots is actually, I, I, yeah, it's actually quite good. It's actually quite good. I don't, don't hate it. But um, slide away, slide away is still so special. I think it's so beautiful, and I just, it just felt like the right song at the right time. It's a very specific time in my life as well. I was working at a big radio station. And I was very stressed all the time. And that song would ground me and calm me down. And the outro is so beautiful. And, oh, it's, yeah, it's, I'm sorry, Space Boots, but it's going to have to be. You can have your Space Boots. It's going to be. It's going to be. It's going to be slide away for me. But I know this sits in an era that you didn't love, so I'm interested in your thoughts. No, Slide Away doesn't. Slide Away's out okay, of that era. Slide Away was standalone, wasn't it? It was a standalone, but it was after the She Is Coming EP. So I was back That's on board right. by the stage. Yeah. Yes. It was straight after she... Speaking of creating moments, it was right after the breakup with Liam Hemsworth, and I'm pretty sure she debuted it at the VMAs. <laughs> That's right. I do remember that. Like a black and white, very moody performance. Um, Great, great song. Great Miley Ballad again. Space Boots is one of my favourites on Dead Pets. I think that it's one of the most streamed songs on there. I'm pretty sure. Right. Um, Yeah. Look, it's not. That'll be pretty sure. That'll be enough. Yeah. Pretty sure. And it's it's produced by Oren Yol, who also did um, "Adore You." On the, it was the opener to Bangers, one of the more like quiet, introspective tracks on the record, and I just think it's just so good. Like, there's maybe a five ballads on this album: Space Boots, Karen, Don't Be Sad, Lighter, um, and a couple others that I can't think of right now because there's 23 songs on the album. Um, <laughs> that just That's like thing, hit isn't it? <laughs> perfectly. Like this song just has a weightlessness to it. That I think so beautiful. So I'm going to go space boots in this ballot in this battle. Beautiful, beautifully said. Let's talk about. I mean, we we kind of spoke about how it, it almost isn't worth criticizing, but I am very intrigued as to how the critics took it. Um, what yeah. were some of the reactions in the critical universe? Look, not great. Um, <laughs> people weren't, weren't it was ahead of their time. It. it was well. They didn't understand it. If we're talking of Troy Sivan as a critic, he said that Dead Pets was ahead of its time. He um, gets it. So that's a, a ripe tomato from him. And Pitchfork, <sighs> however, 3.0. I can't shake the sense that Dead Pets exists more as a glorified VMA party favour than as a work that can stand on its own. But right. 
seven years later, look at it standing on its own. Exactly. It really does stand on its own. Like, it probably stands on its own more than any of the other eras, you know? There are sort of interchangeable moments in some of the other eras, and this is very... Like, this is absolutely a standalone record. I've just realised as well that Pitchfork does it out of 10, so three's not a good score. Because I was like, three's not bad. No, three's not a good score. However, The Guardian gave it three out of five. Much better score. And said, what is most surprising, perhaps, is not that Miley Cyrus has self-released a goofy, adult sonic experiment, but that in post-label internet age, more pop stars in her position haven't, which is the point we were just making before. Um, Yeah. I don't know why all these people called this album goofy. Like, they made it out to be this really fun, like, trippy record, but it's not fun at all, I don't think. <laughs> like, no. once you get past Do It, BB Talk, and, like, Milky Milky Milk and fucking Fucked Up or whatever it's called. I forgot about Milky Milky Milk. <laughs> it's not fun at all. Uh. It's actually incredibly introspective, drawn out, um almost like I don't know it's just not fun it's not a fun time like compared to bangers that was goofy and colorful and like exuberant this is not that album and I think that goes back to people just taking it as self at self value and at face value sorry god I'm just saying whatever the fuck (laughs) (laughs) that's what I'm doing again it's the LSD it's hitting um (laughs) milk 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 (laughs) it's it's definitely um yeah, and I think that kind of surprised me as well because I had sort of forgotten the depth of this record and the depth that she was going into. Yeah. Um, and the, the sadness and the sort of almost escapism she was trying to find with this. And it, it, it almost at points feels desperate, you know, trying to trying to find that escape from what was going on. And there was a lot going on for her as well. And I think that's a, a really tough thing to go through. And, and it, it was such an isolating time for her as well that I'm glad she had these records to kind of you know, to sink her teeth into and just sort of get shit out and almost cleanse the palate a little bit. Yeah. And as we were saying before, there is there is a polished project in here, within mm. it. You just have to take a hacksaw to it, basically. And yep. what I found as I was moving through, and I really like at least 12 songs on this album, I think are, are great, top-tier Miley. Yeah. But I found as I was going through, I was losing interest just because it's so long and at times it's so formless. Like she meanders and she just like catches a wave on so many of the songs that sometimes go somewhere brilliant and sometimes don't go anywhere at all. And that's just really difficult to maintain interest for for an hour and a half. But if I chop it down into sections... I feel like it's a really affecting listen. And even the ending on the Twinkle song, like that's become kind of memeable with the, what does it mean? <laughs> I think that's just such a brilliant ending and like such a, a touching part of the record. Um, so I like have a really soft spot for, for Dead Pets. Always have. And I feel like even more so after going back on it now. But I get the vibe that we may not be exactly on the same page. I, you're making me appreciate it more through this conversation. Um, but it was a laborious listen. Yeah. <laughs> is the word that I would use to describe it. But I definitely felt, and you know, I, I think I've always had a very soft spot for Miley. I think I've always had a very, um, I think I've understood sort of where she's been at and sort of given her a lot of leeway on the music because of what it represents for her and what it's allowed her to process. Because, you know, I've been a Miley fan since I was like 10 or 11 years old. I was Hannah Montana Saturday morning on Saturday Disney. was my fucking only thing I looked forward to. I hated school. Can we like talk about Miley eras for a minute? Because I want to just see like what sits up the top and what sits up the bottom for you to like get a See, I was thinking about... I was thinking about this because I, w- I was thinking about I want to do like a top 10 Miley songs at some point because yeah. I'm really intrigued by, you know, it, it's so hard to put these eras against each other. Yeah. I think. But you have to. Um, like okay, you well, can group bring- that. It doesn't have to be albums so much as you can go like pre-bangers, bangers. Let me bring up, let me just bring up the sort of, um, the, just so I've got my my mind on the, the, the way the discography ran. Yeah. One. 
short moment here because it's a good question. Thank you. I want to give it what it's what it deserves. <laughs> um, I think oh, it's really this is actually a really good question. I think younger now is way better than you think it is. I really, I really have a lot of time for it. It's, I think yeah, no, the post dead pets. <laughs> all right, the post dead pets. Up to Younger Now era was quite something and quite special. The very early days of the Liam breakup, I think, were really special. So we're talking Slide Away and the EP. Um, no, that's after Younger Now. I thought it was before Younger Now. No, that's when after she Dead got Pets, interesting again. So it's Dead Scratch Pets, Younger that. Now. She is coming, Slide Away. She, then okay. um, Plastic Hearts. So I, th- I think Younger Now to Slide Away era. Yeah. Ideal space. Ideal space for me. What? That's, that was, this is a, an opinion-based conversation. This is an opinion-based conversation. Then it's, it's bangers. It's like having the perfect cake and just taking all the icing off and leaving you with a dry sponge. Sometimes I like the dry sponge. Yeah, Sometimes clearly. I don't want all that extra sugar. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Bloody and then I quit sugar. You... <laughs> You asked, you will receive <laughs> I know. thoughts. I never said I wouldn't call then, then it's bangers. Okay. Because I don't like the music as much. But it was definitely the most exciting and interesting era. Yeah. And then it would be Plastic Hearts. Yeah. And the Midnight Sky, Stevie Nicks. I was about to say Stevie Wonder. Era. <laughs> Her blind era is still to come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, look, I, I, to be honest, like, Dead Pets is almost, like, impossible to rank into the eras as well. Yeah. Because it just is so standalone. It just sits on its own a little bit. But I'm thinking about that compared with, like, some of the, the, the earliest. Because obviously, like, Seven Things, Party in the USA, amazing. But then we talked about Can't Be Tamed a minute ago, and it's like, it's, it's just lame. Yeah. And she, they, it, it almost felt like every kind of, like late teens, you know, early adulthood pop star yeah. was doing the same shit at that point. But then Miley did manage to break out from that, obviously. Yeah. Um, what about you? Let me get your era fucking balance then, if mine's so wrong. <laughs> Yours is only wrong bark. for one reason. I won't bark at you. <laughs> mine would go bangers number one. Then I would go plastic hearts. Then Really? I, yeah, and I would put them very close together. I would almost put Plastic Hearts as the best. Like, I think she's in her her best era right Musically, now. yeah. I yeah. mean, this is the hard thing. Like, when we're talking about the music, I think that's a completely different um, ranking to the, the everything that went with it. Well, what and, are we talking about? Well, a bit, a bit of everything up, you know. <laughs> this, is about, this is about a pop star. You know, it's about more than the music. <laughs> oh, but it is about the music, about a too. pop star, then I would put Younger Now first. Well, purely <laughs> music. <laughs> For the fashion and the excitement and the drama and the theatrics of Younger Now. (laughs) But do you really think Bangers had the best songs on it? Yes, Bangers has so many good songs. You know what? Nah. No, it does have lots of good songs. We Can't Stop, I love We Can't Stop. My Darling, The Future, love that. Hashtag Get It Right. Drive is so good. Love money party. It's just fun. It's a good time. True. <laughs> but yeah, Plastic Hearts, I think, is probably her best album, I would say. So I would go, okay, yeah. I'll go Plastic Hearts, Bangers. Then I'm going to go. Then I'm going to go Dead Pets. And then I'm going to go her, like, Teeny Bopper stuff. And then I'm going to go Younger Now is the last one. Okay. It's, a, it's cool. one of our great points of difference. It actually is. It's actually a massive point of contention. How nice but that I we like get it. to address it again because I'd forgotten I about know. it. I forgot. I do like I the song why. Younger Now, even though she sounds like she's got <gasps> two minties up her nose. <laughs> no one stays the same. <laughs> oh, fuck me. <laughs> Not even she wanted to make that album She sounds so bored Alright, that's enough from you She was going just... home to fix Liam a tea And <laughs> get him to lift up his legs While she ironed You're... underneath his feet 
you're just getting you're just getting snarky. Did you say ironed yes. underneath his feet when you meant vacuumed? Yes, I fucked up. I was what like, was otherwise an impeccable boy? Why are you lifting the legs? For an iron. Why are we ironing at the floor? We're, we're, <laughs> you don't iron good your ironing board right there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> How the other half live. <laughs> this podcast is losing. Have we even done the life. games? What time is no, it? No. I, I have a hard out in 14 minutes. Okay. All right. So, let's do it. Flop stars. <laughs> Instead of you banging on about younger now. Unbelievable. We're meant to be um, talking about this formidable record. Well, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a game based on one that you decided was not good enough, mm-hmm. um, which has made me disappointed. But I am gonna do uh, Miley Cyrus versus Alive Animals. So basically, it's literally going to be some of the biggest songs of Miley's career, that partially ones we've already discussed, yeah. versus other animal based records that are out wasn't there in the good universe. Enough. I said I couldn't think of any. So you've upped yeah, but me you, in the intelligence but you thought of Well, you were thinking too much about dead pets, and I'm thinking more about just pets in general. You okay. Know? All right. So, talking about sort of um, joyous 2000s music, Party in the USA versus Who Let the Dogs Out by the Baja <laughs> Men. What do we enjoy more? What do we enjoy more? It's not about necessarily about the quality. What's what more enjoyable? What do I enjoy more? If they went on at a party, I would enjoy mm-hmm. Party in the USA more. That is correct. No. Is this not subjective? <laughs> nah, subjective. Did you survey it's a room of like right 30 people and ask them? No, it's entirely based on my opinion. Okay, great. All right. Whether you're right or so wrong. I've gonna... And luckily you're right. Okay. And no, it's not about guessing. It's not about guessing what I'm thinking. It's about your answer and whether it's objectively right or not. Okay. All right. Do we understand? It's not about what I might like. It's about what you like, and then I'll tell you whether you're right or wrong. Yeah. Next one is Younger Now, the song, versus Animal by Kesha. Um, I don't know if I know Animal. Can I listen quickly? You can listen quickly. You I'm know Animal. I'm thinking of Cannibal. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, Animal's good. I'm going Animal, Kesha. You would be correct. Great. Well, I'm doing so well on this ambiguous doing game. A, doing a great job on the game that I didn't tell you was objective until you got the first one right. <laughs> and luckily you did. Okay. Next one, Wrecking Ball versus The Animal Song by Savage Garden. Oh, that's a good one. This is hard. Two great songs, but Wrecking Ball. Unfortunately, you're incorrect. What? Unfortunately, The Animal Song by Savage Garden is a better song. Is a better song. Uh, Savage Garden have better songs than Wrecking Ball, but The Animal Song is not one of them. What would you say is a better song than The Animal Song? Because I can only think of one. Um... Like every time I look at the piece, I just close my eyes and I am taking. Nah, that's not as good. <laughs> There's one song that's better, and it's Affirmation. It's better. Affirmation's very good. The animal song. Yeah. 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 At the I think I said this before, but Affirmation was my gay awakening. <laughs> I didn't even know that they were gay at that. Po- I didn't even know that Darren Hayes was gay at that point. But they were but gay. <laughs> Isn't the other one like famously homophobic? I think so. I think yeah. It was a big point of contention between those two. Um. Okay, great. The final one is... Hang on. What was it? My notes. Oh. Okay, final one is Slide Away versus Dog Days Are Over by Florence and the Machine. Now I'm second guessing because I don't know what I'm saying, like what I enjoy more or... This is hard. Um, is hard I'm one. going to go with Dog Days Are Over because I think it has more theatre energy. Does it? Ah, right. Does it? <laughs> you would be incorrect because the answer is actually Slide Away. Better song. Because <laughs> Dog Days Are Over is in the um, era when I thought Florence was boring. So <laughs> You thought Dog Days was boring? Yeah. You like younger now, but you think dog days is boring. 
As I've told you, my favourite Florence and Machine song is Who Got the Dizzy Love, featuring Dizzy Rascal, Live at the Brits. I mean... I'm just being a dickhead. I'm just, I'm just winding you up. Yeah, you now, are. I'm going on to my game <laughs> I, now, and I, don't I hope you lose things. Yeah, I'm not sure what, what, <laughs> what just happened. <laughs> Hit me. All right, my game is dead, alive, or never existed. So I'm going to give you a list of pets, and you have to tell me whether they're alive, they're dead. Or if Miley Cyrus never owns them to begin with. Oh, so they're all Miley Cyrus's pets? Yeah, sorry, I didn't explain that. How well. many fucking pets has she had? Well, she currently has like eight dogs. Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right, let's talk so about the So we were introduced to Floyd and Pablo the Blowfish on yep. this album. Um, but, okay, the first one is two horses called Pumpkin and Dumplin'. Pumpkin and Dumplin', two horses. They sound like they would have been co-named by Billy Ray Cyrus, and I feel like these are childhood horses that she owned. However, horses live for a long time. Horses generally live into their 30s from memory. So I think these animals are still alive. You are correct. Pumpkin and Dumplin' are still alive. Great news. This is good news. What about a dog named Ziggy? Oh, I remember Ziggy. Wasn't Ziggy... Hang on. Wasn't Ziggy... The one they modelled, the dog that she voiced in the animated motion picture, Bolt, off from memory. I mean, we're going to have to look that up, but what do you say? There's a lot of fact-checking to go on in this podcast. I think I think dead. Okay, so Miley had to give Ziggy away because Ziggy killed her dog, Lila. Jesus Christ. So I'd be very surprised if they modelled a, a cartoon dog. <laughs> I don't think that was the dog that was modelled off. Do we know um, the whereabouts of this dog now? No, no idea. Okay. Sorry. Do we know if it's dead or alive? I'm assuming it's alive. But that's a, isn't an ga- assumption. Isn't a game about working out whether it's dead, alive, or never owned? Yeah, but it's whatever. You, you know, she doesn't you, own you it anymore. Know, that was the answer. <laughs> Curveballs in both of these games What about a bulldog called Kate Moss? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I reckon reckon she owned this animal But I reckon it's dead Kate Moss is still alive Oh, good news (laughs) Good news Good to hear What about her pit bull Mary Jane? Pit bull called Mary Jane I reckon this was this was in her weed era, eleven years ago, and I reckon dead. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Mary Jane's passed away. Vale, vale. What about pig, pig and puddles? Pig, pig and puddles. Are they two separate? Do- yeah, they're dogs? two different animals. No, they're the same Isn't... animal, but they're two animals, two pigs. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, they're pigs. <laughs> they're pigs. I reckon she never owned pigs. Doesn't strike me as a pig person. No pigs. She does own pig, pig and puddles and they are alive. Fuck. I hoping this would be the third option. And that's Awful. it. That's all I've got for you. That's the game. Yeah. Exceptional. That's good stuff. I so not one of them. So the game was called Dead Alive or Never Existed and all of them existed. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I there was actually, a, now I think about it, forgot and there was a to put on the never option, And there was a fourth option. <laughs> Which was given away. Given away and I'm not sure whether dead or alive. That didn't make it to the name of the game. Yes. So that's good. Well, there were so many bloody pets to go through when I was going through the list. I realised I didn't need to make any of them up. <laughs> That is the name of the game. I mean, it's there if we need it. The never existed was there if we needed it, but we didn't need it. Yeah, there if you it's need good. it. <laughs> I respect it. Well, I think we've given this album the respect that it deserves today with these two stupid games and our conversation. Absolutely. But we what, have matched what, the um, delirium of it. Yeah. It's almost hard to do a best and worst on this one because there are so many that could qualify for both. Um, I think Karen Don't Be Sad is probably best. Baby Talk Maybe. Um, but I don't, I don't really have a worst and I think that's okay this week and I'll accept you with the same unless you have a, have a worst. Well, I'm going to try and choose a worst, so I have to make you. Okay. 
And um, if, out of ten, I would give this. It's hard. To, it's hard to, to rate. I think we've discussed how difficult it is to sort of put this into a critical context as well. I would say. I, I'm just going to give it a five, like a neutral kind of score, because I respect what she did with this and what she was trying to do and what she was trying to convey, but I also think it's a messy, you know, blob of an album. So it's getting a five okay. from me. All right, that's fair. I think you? the best song is Lighter, and I think the worst song is Tiger Dreams with Ariel Pink, who is a yeah famed Trump supporter and... I will happily back in Ariel Pink getting the worst song on the album. Yeah, yeah. I'll agree with you with that. Um, and my yeah. score, I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Whoa! I feel like there's a 9 out of 10 within this album. Okay. Personally. Yeah. And I wish that more people did this. I wish yeah. Taylor Swift went off into the woods and instead of just sitting and drinking wine with Aaron Desna, she just took a shitload of LSD... <laughs> <laughs> and just like bumped into Steve Lacey or something. You know what? It, I reckon it's still plausible that, for that to happen within <laughs> Taylor Swift's career because there, she seems there to is not no be person going selling out three stadiums in a city at a time that is spending none. half the year on LSD in a forest. Absolutely none. <laughs> we gave it a go. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a quite an experience, and what a way to round out. I would say our best season. Well, our most consistent season, because we actually posted it once a week, except for that week where we didn't. We did. Um, thank you for coming along the Do you want to know what the six. most listened to episode of that <gasps> season was? What was it? Well, it could still be this one. Can I, can I have a guess? Yeah. I reckon it's Lana Del Rey. You're correct. It's Lana Del Rey. Yes. Which well means done. next season is going to be entirely my picks. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> hey, we've got like literally dozens of albums on the list for next season. But if you've got one you want us to go into and dissect that we haven't, we probably haven't thought of it. Um, hit us up at Flop Stars Podcast. Don't we love getting your feedback. Except for the guy who fucking reviewed the podcast this week and gave it four stars on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for your Why? fucking contribution. Said we've, um, what do you say? Uh, I'll read it out. I'll read it out. Uh, where is it? I mean, this is probably part of the reason. Oh, I can't find it. He might have deleted it. He might have deleted it. Yeah, we can edit this, you know. Have you ever used an editor? Don't before? bother reviewing unless you're going to do five. Yeah, I can't find it anymore. He might have deleted it. Anyway, they're too bad. He's not there anymore. We've got a solid five out of five. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> what a good note to end on. <laughs> so next couple of weeks, we're going to go through the year that was, the big moments, the triumphs and the losses of 2022. And we're also going to do a Christmas special on Christmas Day that you can get excited for. So if you're avoiding your family we're not on Christmas Day. We're on Christmas Day, are we? Yeah, we're doing it live. We've discussed it. On Christmas it. Day? Gonna, yeah, we're going to have a Christmas Day. We'll do it live. I know it'll be Christmas Eve for you. Fuck your family. It won't be. I'll you be can... in Australia. Oh, you'll be in Australia. Oh, even yeah. better. Even better. We're going to be in a room scale. Um, look, we can discuss the behind the scenes logistics, <laughs> but as far as everyone knows, it's live on Christmas Day. It'll go live to air. Um, <laughs> but it's going to be a fun few weeks, so stay tuned to the feed. We're going to dive into moments of the year. If you've got any thoughts on any of the albums of the year, chuck us a voice message at Flop Stars Podcast, um, and we will see you very soon. Bye. Bye. Ciao.